Aren't you getting a little sick of your neighbor's yard sign? You know the one. The one that says, in this house, we believe that black lives matter. AKA, we believe that you, if you're white, are a racist. And the nation of America as a whole is systematically racist. And the founders in our constitution are a joke. It also says women's rights are human rights. Meaning, we love to disassemble babies in their mother's womb and suck them out with a vacuum cleaner. Because the blood of unborn children is our religious sacrament. It also says no human is illegal, unless, of course, they come from Cuba and actually know how bad communism is because they might vote for a Republican. It also says science is real, you know, the science, so long as it serves our leftist agenda. And love is love. A man can marry a man, but also a full-grown man who's a pedophile. He might love a five-year-old boy, and as long as it's consensual, there's nothing wrong with that. Finally, it says that kindness is everything. Why? Because truth is nothing. So it's an illusion of kindness. It's not actually real, and we must oppose it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to have me some fun with this. Big Mel here, who is Rugrat. And what you just heard was an Instagram post from a group known as Right Response Ministries. Now, I want you to keep note of that first word, right. Because, I don't know, it seems like now America has become now where people have to choose sides. You know, it's like, you got to make a choice, good or bad, right or wrong, love or hate. You know, it's no longer you can straddle both sides of the fence. Them days is gone. Them days is long gone. So, you know... The only problem that I have with these Instagram preachers and YouTube prophets and Facebook apostles and uh, Twitter uh, pastors and teachers and prophets, you know, now you got to define the word prophet nowadays. You either going to have P-R-O-F-I-T-S or P-R-O. P-H-E-T-S. You got to decide, decipher which one you're dealing with because there's so many of them to go around. You got a smorgasbord of different people of different opinions. Take your pick. It's almost like going to Circle K and picking a candy bar. That's what it is right now. But, you know, and I've seen some of these signs in some of these neighborhoods, but, you know, I don't, I didn't think too much of it until I saw this post. But, Here's where the problem lies. We need to just break down each one of these signs because there are some truth to these, some of these, and there are some myths that need to be broken and destroyed. So let's start with the first one. He says, in this house, we believe black lives matter. Now, why do you think everybody seems to have a problem with black lives matter? Well, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Those who profit from your misery want that misery to continue and he cries and says it means if you're white that means you are racist well that depends on the individual but let's put some facts out there folks he says that the founding fathers in the constitution are a joke well aren't you getting a little sick of your neighbor's yard sign you know the one the one that says in this house we believe that black think of it this way okay for those who didn't know or haven't been reading the history books lately, all 55 signs of the Constitution, all 55 of them, yes, and that includes all your favorite American heroes, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, 
Benjamin Franklin, all of them owned slaves. Yeah, that's li- that's literal fact. This is not something we made up in the BLM curriculum. This is actual fact. And when they wrote the Constitution that says we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, they didn't include the African slave. It didn't include the indigenous person that was already here when they arrived on the Mayflower. It didn't didn't include women up until 1920, and it damn sure didn't include black women. You see what I'm saying? When they were talking about uh, all men are created equal, they were talking about men that looked like them and thought like them and were them. They weren't thinking about us. And you see, the problem is that America wants so badly to get over slavery. They want so badly to get over the racism and the, and, the set and the problems that come with that. But what they don't seem to realize is the fact that all of these things that have been going on because of them. That's right. But here's the biggest problem. It's more psychological than racial to me. And it's just like this. And it's kind of narcissistic in a way. But this is what I see America as. America wants the victims to be so quick to forgive the offenders without the offenders realizing that they created victims. That's just like a rape, that's just like a rape victim being blamed for their, for their own rape. Or a Holocaust victim being blamed for the demise of his own people. Doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? But that's the way America is today. Amer- and I, how, how do I know this, Melvin? Here's proof. Look at what's going on in our country right now. Over a dozen Republican governors, including Kay Ivey of Alabama, Ron DeSantis of, uh, of uh, Florida, um, Brian Kemp of, of Georgia, and, of course, uh, Greg Abbott in my home state of Texas, along with dozens of others, have made it illegal for teachers to teach about critical race theory, to teach about the truth about American history. So now the the teachers in America are already in a quandary about things. Now you got now and then now even in Pennsylvania, which is supposed to be actually um, a more progressive state, believe it or not. Um, in Pennsylvania, they have now banned books that talk about Martin Luther King. Rosa Parks, uh, Cesar Chavez, and such other peoples. So now if you are a black person, a black child in this country, and, you know, let's think about it. School runs from, what, August at the earliest to June at the latest. About nine to ten months. So now you've got nine months of being indoctrinated that you don't mean nothing to this country. That everything that was ever done in America was done by white, Protestant, Anglo-Saxon men. And that you get one little paltry month out of the year to celebrate all the accomplishments of black folks. That started with slavery, of course. And that's Black History Month. And it's the shortest month out of the year, February. Which you get one extra day if you get a leap year. And then, of course, when we talk about black history, we're not... only people we talk about with black history is, of course... Like I said, Martin Luther King Jr., Rosa Parks, uh, uh, Mega Evers, Malcolm X. That's it. That's the, the gist of black history. So you're trying to tell me 
that all the great accomplishments of black folks in this country and black folks around the world happen in one little paltry month of February. That don't make a lick of sense, does it? But this is what they're teaching. But once again, it proves my point that I've been saying on other posts, that integration was probably the worst thing that could have ever happened to black folks. It was the worst thing. Because here's the thing. We were so adamant of wanting to be where they were. They didn't want us on their team, but we wanted to be a part of their team. So guess what happened? And I'm just going to give you the short version of it. Because basically, as long as we were separated with our own schools and doing our own curriculum, black kids had a sense of pride. And the crazy part about all of this was uh, black kids prior to 1966 were graduating at equal, if not better rates than whites, their white counterparts. But once we started doing integration, once now you, you didn't have to go to the school 50 miles away from your house, but you can go to the one right across the street from your house. Guess what happened? The rift started at the beginning, but it affected us worse because black teachers, black coaches, black principals, Black educators became unemployed because white schools were not going to have any black people over their white children, even though they don't mind having white uh, people over black kids. And for and for God's sake, don't ever let it be a black man. But the truth of the matter is simply this, bro. The reason why we say black lives matter is not to say that white lives don't matter. It's not to say that Hispanic lives don't matter. And it's not to say that Asian lives don't matter. But you have to understand the history of this country for the black person. And it was not a good history. Slavery, lynchings, redlining, redistricting, jerry, gentrification, uh, the school to prison pipeline. Do I need to go any further? Police brutality. It has not been a good history for the United for the United States as far as black folks is concerned. So when we say Black Lives Matter, it's really more of a self-esteem thing because sad to say, America does not want to accept the fact that slavery existed. It did not want to accept the fact that Jim Crow existed. It did not want to accept the fact that over 4,700 black people were lynched in this country over a little bit of nothing, just rumors and lies. There were no crimes actually committed, but it was simple things like walking down the street in a white neighborhood, looking at a white person, which was against the law during Jim Crow time, by the way. And just little simple things like hanging out with more than one black person or barbecuing or things like that. Those were the things that could get you killed in Jim Crow America. And that's what America wants to throw away. They don't want to recognize that. Yet they want to be healed from the wounds of the past. Healing only begins with acknowledgement. And as long as you want to deny the facts, as long as you want to sweep it under the rug, as long as you want to throw, um, try to make it look like the victims are responsible for their own demise, there'll never be healing in this country. We will always have problems, and that will be the reason why organizations like Black Lives Matter, though I don't agree with their agenda per se, exist. Okay, let's go to the next one. Women's rights or human rights? Well, uh, this one's pretty simple. This is not a hard one to do because if you believe in Jesus Christ like I do, if you believe that the Bible is true and you believe that God is real, 
then of course you understand that your body's not yours to begin with. You don't get to choose um, whether that person lives or dies because you're not God. The Bible says that all life begins in the blood. It also says in Psalm chapter 139 that you're fearful, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, which means all lives matter. Babies' lives matter. And that from the womb, life began. Okay? But, you know, when you have a feministic movement that shuns God and shuns the role of the womb, that shuns the roles between women and men, and I'll get more on that when we get to that near last one, you end up with this thing. And it's been a big, big, crazy thing that's happened in this country since Roe versus Wade became law in 1973. Think about it. Over 50 million children, and I'm not calling them fetuses or, or plasma or whatever. These were actual children. 50 million of them at the last count have died between 1973 to now. That's a lot of blood that America's is responsible for. A lot of blood. Okay? So you think about it. Now, if you're a woman who had an abortion, I don't hold any anger or animosity toward you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for your healing and deliverance because I know that that pain is real. Even though you thought it was the right choice at the time, I mean, I, and I understand that, so I understand your pain, and I understand all of that. So I'm not holding anything against you. I want to pray for you, and I pray that you will experience healing and deliverance and forgiveness. But, of course, it also, like the first one, starts with acknowledging the facts. Next one, no human is illegal. Oh, boy. Let me make this one real quick for you. Unless you a crow, a Sioux, Apache, a Choctaw, or any of them tribes, everybody else in this country come from somewhere else. Here's the problem with, with America. We want to define patriotism as who the real Americans are. And it didn't start with Trump. It's been going on. But here's the thing. There were people in this country before Christopher Columbus supposedly discovered it in 1492 when he sailed the ocean blue. There were already indigenous folks here. So let's just put it, I'm just going to put it bluntly to you. If you are a white person in this country, chances are you have come from somewhere in Europe, maybe England, Wales, France, Portugal, Spain, or any of the European countries. If you are a black person in this country, unless you are indigenous to this country, and what I mean by that means you come from either Central America or South America, other than that, you come from an African nation. You are from an African part. There is African in your blood, and you come from either Africa, somewhere in Africa, and that includes the Caribbean as well. If you are Hispanic, chances are, again, you could be from the Caribbean. You could be from Central and South America. Okay? So, again, unless you are from those countries, unless you are from Central or South America, or unless you are a Crow or a Sioux 
or Apache or Choctaw or any of them other Indian tribes, everybody else come from somewhere else and we are immigrants in this country. So the thing is, I don't see where the problem with immigration is and why it's, so, it's such a problem uh, for us to love one another and to accept one another as Americans. We are not where we are from different places, but at the end of the day, we are Americans. And by the way, for those of y'all who haven't been paying attention in your geography class, America is not just the United States of America. There's three parts of what is called the continent of America, what is called the continent of North America. You have the United States and Canada. That's one part. You have uh, Mexico. That's the second part. Then you have, of course, which consists of Latin America. Of course, you have Belize and other countries as part of that. And then you go to Central America and South America and you have places like Peru, Honduras, Guatemala, Brazil, and such like. So America is not just the United States of America. America is much bigger than your, your process is. Okay. Now, which comes to this one. The science is real. Science. Everybody talking about science. <laughs> oh, I love this one. Science is, to me, science is fun because most scientists try to exclude God out of the equation. But here's the problem with that. Science proves God is real. What you're trying to disprove, you prove with your own science. I mean, so here, here's the thing I want y'all to think about. You expect a rational thinking individual to believe that one big giant event took place in the world. Nobody knows what day it happened. And all of a sudden we got birds and trees and plants and skies and waters and oceans and human beings and animals. Just were, come on. That don't even make sense. You can't even make that up in a Hollywood script. But of course, everybody knows that the ninety that the ninety nine percent of colleges and universities are nothing more than atheism think tanks. You want your kid to to, to hate God? Send them to one of them nice colleges and universities. It don't matter which one. You can send them to an Ivy League school like Yale or Princeton or Brown or Harvard. You can send them to one of these um, schools like the University of Miami. You can send them to a party school like Texas A&M or UCLA or whatever. 99% of colleges and universities today discredit the existence of God. They believe that we are come from monkeys, we come from goo, or we just all of a sudden just popped up out of the clear blue sky. And now we're here. That's what they teach in these schools. That's what they teach. They teach this stuff. But the more science tries to discredit God, the more God shows up in their science. And that's the crazy thing about science. That's what I love about science. That somehow when they try to push God out the way, he somehow comes back in. You don't believe that God exists? Then explain how you breathe. You're not breathing on your own. There ain't no machines or no electricity hooked up to you. You know? And we are creatures that need air. We are 
85% water. Our bodies are 85% water, which means we need air and water and food to survive. Just think about it. You can last upwards of eight weeks or more without food. Now, I wouldn't suggest you try, but I've seen people last six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks without food. You can last about maybe three days without water. Because your body's going to eventually work off the water that's in your system, but eventually it's going to go. You might last four minutes without air in your system. If you cut off your air supply, all your body functions will shut down immediately. While we always talk about holding our breath, you try doing that for three or four minutes and see what happens to you. Just the fact that I'm talking to you proves that science proves the existence of a creator. If we are an intelligent creation, it requires an intelligent creator. Now, I could spend an hour talking about that, but I'm not going to do that. Which brings me to my next sign. The love is love. Oh, boy. Our world has got a really mixed up concept of love. Let's understand something. It was God that created the institution of marriage. Genesis 2 and 20 says it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So he created Eve for him. Okay. We go down to the 25th verse. It says for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. Okay. Notice that word wife. That's the concept of the marriage concept, man and woman. But because we live in a world of sin and because we feel like we know better than God, now everything comes to love. You know, you know, if you don't, you know, you may not want to marry no woman. You know, if you want, you know, you might, you might not think it's good just to have a wife. You might think it's good to have multiple wives or multiple husbands. You know what I'm saying? If you believe in polygamy or unless you're a Mormon or a, a Muslim, you know, you believe that. You know, you can have multiple wives, multiple husbands, whatever. You may believe that if love is love, you believe that your definition of a marriage is a man marrying a man. Or, and that's called homosexuality. Or a woman marrying a woman. That's, that's, a, that's lesbianism. Or you can go even down the, the downward the, the, the rabbit hole, and you you might be someone to think, oh, it's cool to have to, to to have relations with a, with a little kid, a little boy, a little girl, as long as it's consensual, it's okay. That's what you think. Or you might think, oh, we can go a little bit further down the hole and think, okay, I can have sex with with Fido, or with Felix the Cat, or whatever, or that pig out there in the pig pen, you know. Or we can go down a little bit further down that hole. You might uh, fall in love with a car or fall in love with a chain or fall in love with a house or fall in love with a statue or we can go even further down that rabbit hole think we can marry ourselves. We can be in love with ourselves. But didn't the Bible say these, this was the time that was coming? It's already here? Oh, yeah. The only problem with us is that in English, there's only one word for love. Understand if you understand the Bible, the Bible was written, Old Testament was written in Hebrew, New Testament was written in Greek. 
And there's only one word in the Hebrew language, and I forgot what that word was, but in the, in the Greek, there are four words for love. And I'm going to give them to you briefly. The first word, there are four words. There's eros, phileo, agape, and storge. Let me break them down real quick. You got phileo. Now, of course, phileo is, of course, the root word of Philadelphia. We have the city of Philadelphia and Pennsylvania. Philadelphia is just what the name means. It's a brotherly love shared between brothers. The next one, of course, is eros, where we get the, it's the root word of erotic or eroticism, where it's a love between, uh, a sexual love between a man or a woman, and it's supposed to be that way. Then, of course, you have storge, which you don't see that much in the Bible, but storge is a, uh, is a word that describes a paternal, like a mother to a child. That's the best way you can describe it. Then, of course, you have agape. Agape is the love that God has. It's a love that has no measure. It's a love without limits. It's a love without uh, expectation. It's, it's a love that loves regardless. The thing is, we as human beings cannot, cannot exhibit agape love outside of him. Outside of of, of of Jesus Christ outside of God, the only love, we can only exhibit the other three. We cannot exhibit the fourth. In the book of John, the 21st chapter, we read about Peter and and, and, uh, and Jesus. When Jesus was reinstated, Peter, Jesus asked Peter, uh, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Now do understand, when Jesus was talking to Peter, Jesus was talking agape love. Peter, being a human being, the best he could do is phileo. So when he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you, he's talking phileo. Outside of God, that's the best we could do. That's the best we could do. It takes God to teach us how to love and to show us that love. And with his love in us, we can love in agape. Which brings me to the final sign. Kindness is everything. Well, again, outside of God and his love, we don't have the capacity to love. We have to be taught how to love. We don't come out the womb loving. You know, the Bible tells us very, very different. In Psalm chapter 51 and 4 it says, I was conceived in iniquity. I was conceived in sin. Meaning we don't come out with the capacity to love. We come out with the capacity of hating. We come out with the capacity to murder. The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of God, which means we don't have the capability to be good within ourselves. It takes God to show us how to be good. Only when we have the spirit of God in us can we exhibit the fruits of the spirit that's described in Galatians 5 and 21 to 22. The love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness. You can only exhibit kindness with the spirit. You don't have it on your own. It's not possible for us. We have to understand who we are and who our creator is. And if we want to exhibit the attitudes of the creator, it's going to take the creator to do it. We don't have the capability on our own to do it ourselves. I want us to think about that. 
And also think about all these things you see on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and other things. We got to think about that. Because here's the problem. If you don't have discernment of what's real and what's not, it's real easy to be misled and be mis, uh, and misinformed. That's why it takes the word of God to show us what's true and what's false. It takes the word of God to show us to define truth from errors. And only when we allow the word to speak to us and teach us and help us can we be able to decipher it. They have a sign in their yard for a reason. But we need to know the true motive behind it. Because there is a motive if you look at it closely enough. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, website coming up. Y'all have a good weekend. Y'all get in church on Saturday morning, man. This is the Sabbath day coming up, so do that. Be in there. He wants to see you. He loves you. Big Mel, who is Rugrat? I'm out.